welcome to a uh, musical, because I've got to put on um, <laughs> pause it. Welcome to Swapping Joysticks, everybody. Uh, this is your... Oh, dear. It's breaking the chair. I knew you fine. shouldn't have had that pasta for dinner. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was the chat. <laughs> uh, welcome, everyone. This is Swapping Joysticks, your home of LGBTQIA+, gaming and streaming content. And I am Biggest Benner, otherwise known as Ben Ostwick, and I'm joined, as always, by... The persona hater himself. Let's not. Ed Nightingale. Let's not. What? I'd like to clarify, I do not hate persona. Just the people that play it. Just the dialogue. Just the dialogue. Okay. Well, like, persona without the dialogue isn't even a video game. Anyway, we're not discussing that this week. <laughs> I've had enough of it. Yeah. I've had enough. So we've there's an Xbox. Um, if anybody's watching this, or listening to this on the podcast, and they're like, "Why is this podcast like no, uh, like yeah, why why is it so short?" And the reason is that there's an Xbox showcase um, tonight, and it's in 50 minutes. So the podcast will be less than 50 minutes, so we can actually watch <laughs> it, um, which is a wild because I think the last few have been about an hour and a half. Um, yes. So yeah, straight. What have you been playing? <laughs> no. <laughs> How's your week been, Ed? How was? Tell us about no, you. I'm not, I'm not talking about my week. I don't want to. T- I don't want to talk about trolling. Trolling's the worst. People. So tell people. That's off. what. That's why people are here. They're here to listen to no, not. the stuff that you've been, uh, you know, receiving. Oh, what? Ed's a terrible journalist. He should be fired from Eurogamer. Ed's review of Persona was AIDS. Um, Atting Atlas to say you're giving them advertising money and look what they're writing about you when we definitely don't get the money and that's not how it works. Please go look at our editorial policy. Like, just, literally just no. Just completely misunderstand me and I'm not interested in engaging. I mean, criticising Persona would get people, some people annoyed. But then, but when you bring in the fact that you dared to bring in like representation and minorities in there Not just the sets a, like a certain group of people off that just they cannot stop uh like just sending abuse like there's somebody who I saw who'd like spent a good hour like atting so many people and constantly like replying to every tweet that Atlas had put with their a pit, an image of your article and the fact that um persona was advertising on the website saying like why you need to pull your advertising because look there look at what they're writing but it kind of it what really pisses me off is their hypocrisy because they're the same pe- they're the same people that are going to be like oh video game reviewers and journalists they all get paid to to write good things but then the second you write something uh, critical the fact that that advert that there's an advert for it around there they're like how dare you we need to remove that advert you know they should only write positive things if they're being advertised it's like wait so you don't you believe in free speech up until the point where we criticise a video game you like. You fucking nerd. No, but if we write something positive and then there's advertising, we've been paid to say something positive. Yeah. But if we say something negative and there's advertising, oh, you're stealing money. Yes. Not nerd. You. It's a group of... It's a. Yeah, it's just very... It's people who are very immature, very bigoted, very closed-minded, and they can't see any... But they can't potentially think that a minority you know, might have an objection to something that they like. Literally, it's just an opinion. Chill out. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, let's not yes. talk about I'm a nerd as anymore. well. I'm a nerd. I'm not talking about that anymore. We've moved on. It's a new week. Ben, Sorry, tell I just us had about... To get out. I had to get out myself because I was looking at the tweets and just getting angry. I know, and I appreciate you in protected mode, but 
Let's move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us about being a bear. <sighs> Today, I am gay. Today, I feel Qatari. Today, I feel no. I thought I was doing the um, the the guy. That was a football Cup. reference, everyone. Yeah. Not on this LGBT podcast. I know that nobody <laughs> listening got that reference. Not a single person. I did. Well, well done. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. Today I was a bear. Just today. Just today. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't think I'm. It's not going to be a regular occurrence. I, well, who knows? Hmm. See, as part of my uh, job, I was. Uh, well, actually, it wasn't part of my job because it was a volunteer thing that I did, and they were like, they said. Would you like, because I work for um, Great Ormond Street Hospital Charity, doing their gaming and streaming, which mm-hmm. we've had a podcast since like that, yeah. Um, yeah, so since uh, doing that, they they said, okay, somebody on my team was organising a thing in the hospital to try and promote people, uh, try and promote this thing called the Walkie Talkie Tower Climb, which involves walking to the top of the Walkie Talkie building in London, which is 896 steps and... And 36 flights of stairs. A certain someone messaged me with a link to it saying, do you fancy doing this? And I was like, do you even have to ask? Well, when you said, do you even have to ask? Most people say, do you even have to ask when the answer is yes? Is obviously yes. The answer is obviously no. I am not going up that many flights. You want me to do something physical? I would do it if you did it. I will not do it. We'd film it. Can we just do a stream and sit on our arms? Well, don't do it. Just film me doing it. No, because then I have to walk up with you. I'm not that stupid, thank you. Ah, uh, not what uh, people on Twitter have been saying. <laughs> How um, hot was the bear suit? Oh my god, the bear suit! Yeah, so I had to. And tell us about the temperature as well. Oh. So I had to. <laughs> I say I had to. I'm, I'm making it out as I've been forced to do this. Yeah, no. So I volunteered to help them, and they said, "You might, if you want, we'll take the big bear costume, and you can wear the bear suit for a bit." Um, and I was like, "Yes, please." And so I dressed up as Bernie the bear, but on the big sack where that had the bear in, it said that it was like the bear Ber- sack. Ber- the bear sack. Oh. It said it was the um, Ber- it was Bernadetta, who apparently has like a frilly apron and a little nurse's cap. You would have looked lovely in that. Band. I was slightly disappointed when I opened it up, and it wasn't that um, in there. Only slightly. Just slightly, yeah. But yeah, no, the drag bear is not. Uh, you know, that'll have to wait. But the bear suit, oh my gosh, yeah. Because you have like a, there's like a fat suit in it, or like a shell that makes you big and bulky. And so, which is okay. But the head, it kind of just slots on really easily, but it just builds up the heat in there. And obviously you can't just take your hat, the hat off every five minutes and go, whew, that's hot and cool down. Uh, ruins the illusion. You yeah, you can't break the illusion for the children. Sorry. I'm not even allowed to speak. Good. Yeah. That makes a change. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I got like elbowed because I went, oh, <laughs> at one point. Like, no, no speaking. Uh, exactly. Bernie does not have vocal cords. Bernie doesn't know. I wasn't allowed to roar not a either. Peak. I should have roared. <laughs> Just <laughs> at people. But it was great. I was like, yeah, lots of patients. Because this is at Great Almond Street Hospital, which is a children's hospital. Um, so there are lots. It's like there are all the wards are named after animals. There's a nightingale ward. <gasps> there it is. Yeah, I saw that. Excellent. The best animal of all. Yeah. Uh, you see, a nightingale was one of them. We were next to the deep. There was an, there's a Disney. Oh, we're next to the reef, uh, which is it's all like themed underwater. 
which was the like the canteen and there's like a play area outside which is a disney reef as well so it's like all disney characters and it's very they've made it really nice in well they made it as nice as they can in there for people it is a hospital yeah it is a hospital but it's it's obviously a children's hospital i didn't realize that children like they have children's ambulances like with ca- characters all over it and stuff like that really yeah well, they were all outside the front. I imagine, obviously, not for emergencies, but for if you're transporting somebody somewhere True. from there, maybe. It's, uh, yeah, so I went there and uh, we got like 11 people at least to join up for it, to sign up for it. Um, and to do it, you pledge like £250 that you're going to raise. So that's like £3,000 just Very from nice. chatting to some people. So, yeah, it's really good. Um, yeah, it was. And a, you got to put some smiles on some I did, yeah, because I got to see some. Pa- there was patients. That's what's most important. There were patients. There were parents. There were people like lots of people wanting photos and waving and high fives. Um, some kid I don't know where he ran for just ran out of nowhere and just gave a big hug. <laughs> it was like Aww. oh, so it was hopefully a that was little... a great use of your time. It was very very rewarding. Good, very rewarding. Yeah, is this a famous bear? Bernie the Bear. But only famous within Gosh. Yes. Okay. Exactly. The Gosh Bear. The Gosh Bear. Oh Does my gosh. Go... So you can't make a sound, you can't even go Gosh? No, can't. I think that's already taken as well. Taken gosh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, so yeah, that was that was my day today. And Lovely. also I have uh made the Gosh uh Twitch channel looking pretty. I'll post it in the Discord. Everyone um, go follow. I mean I'll post it in the Discord tomorrow. Because um, you'll all forget now, and I don't want you to go on another channel. And I'll see. I'll it's see. Not you have, live, ben, you have to okay. click. You have to click the link because of, <laughs> because it's not streamed. They've not streamed from there in like three years, so you can't even search for it. You have to actually get the link. But yeah, not I'm the sure money. Put it in chat. Well, you know, maybe later. Well, fuck video games. Yeah, that's far more re- rewarding. Yeah, exactly. Video games just make me feel miserable now. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> That's true, Money does have it. Feel free to post it, Money. Yeah, they're going to be like, why are all these uh, people following us now? Well, I've got 35 or 36 followers. Um, yeah, so that video games, we've only got like, yeah, 35 minutes to talk about video games. So what, what? have you been playing, Ed? I'm getting there and You're getting, getting me in quick. Um, well, I started this week a very short game called Xenoblade Chronicles 3 um, because, you know, I love anime JRPGs. Um... So, uh, so yeah, Xenoblade Three. Um, I've never played a Xenoblade game. How's the How's the representation? Um, okay, so far. Will you make an article? No. Oh. Um, I mean, it's not outright misogynistic or homophobic, so that is a plus. Um, There's parts. <laughs> I don't. Well, I haven't got there yet. No. Um, I I'm very much enjoying it. It is um, very typical JRPG stuff of saving the world and it's this kind of really cool sci-fi fantasy style that all the Xenoblade games have um and the story is kind of nonsensical but I'm into it um it's these two sort of opposing factions that are constantly in a state of war and you play as a group of heroes which consists of three from either side so it's kind of people with opposite views that have to come together and work together as a team, which Cannot, just seems yeah. just seems like a great metaphor for life. Um, and it's got fun battles. It looks stunning on the Switch. Um, so I'm having a great time with it. My only my only sort of negative is that I just feel there are a few too many tutorials. I'm about ten hours in, 
and I'm still kind of in the intro. Yeah, you'll still um, get in, you'll still get them. Have they talked about chain attacks yet? Oh, we've had that. We've had arts. We've had skills. We've had accessories. They have an alternate form they can transform into, gems. which has its whole skill tree. There are gems. There are a million things, and I do appreciate that that's doled out very slowly. Um, so it gives it time to sort of embed and for you to understand it, which is fine. But a lot of the tutorials are very handholdy and quite patronising, which I don't like. One thing that, yeah, the the bit of the tutorials, like I, I like tutorials and I, I like that they are spaced out. The one thing that really annoys me is it makes you do what it wants you to do to follow that tutorial. It's like, yeah. here, um, you've just unlocked accessories. And instead of saying you've unlocked accessories, you can add them in this tab. It'd be like... Here, go in, press the tick, press the accessory box. You know, okay. And then he goes, select this one, select, yeah. uh, equip it, equip it. And I'm like, maybe I wanted a different one. Maybe I will. I wanted to equip and look at accessories when I'm at another part in the game. Yeah, I had a different one. I was like, I want to equip that, and it wouldn't let me because yeah. you have to do what it tells you to do in the tutorial before you can then go back and change it, 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 it yourself. Yeah. So that's quite annoying, but um, but I'm having a great time with it. It's kind of relaxing to play. It's not particularly difficult. It's just just a fun thrill ride of a JRPG, and that is all anyone could wish for. Um, but it's a good 60 hours, I think, for the main story, and I've played it for 10, so I'm not going to say any more about it because I'm probably going to be wittering about this for the next few weeks yeah. while I get through it. Well, because I want to it. get through it. I want to I want to finish it. It is, uh, it's definitely worthwhile. So I'm having a great time. Yeah. Well, why don't you tell us what you've been playing, which I know is also an anime JRPG. Fusspoken <laughs> is not an anime JRPG. I don't know which review you've been reading. Well. Um, yeah, so I've been playing a little bit of Fusspoken. Uh, I'll talk about Fire Emblem in a second. But yeah, I've been play I played the first two and a half hours of Fusspoken. And I agree with the reviews. Like, the thing is that there seems to be a lot of hate for Fusspoken online and saying how bad this game is and just playing some kind of mediocre dialogue and saying isn't this the worst game ever and like the reviews are seven out of tens i mean seven out of ten is not a terrible game i didn't see any that scored like a three or a four maybe but like the main like the main sites all like seven seven and a half maybe the odd six which is fine and i understand the so for those of you who don't know, Forspoken, you start... It's like my ultimate dream of... Well, it's Nino Kuni, pretty much, uh, of the story. <sighs> you need to stop making that reference. It's, what you mean is it's an ikazai. I think it's ikazai is the technical term, which is kind of when someone gets taken out of their real life into a fancy world, which is I, used in anime a lot. Oh. Hence Nino Kuni, but is essentially Isakai, that's the one. Um, but it's, it's Alice in Wonderland. And actually, the references in the game are Alice in Wonderland. Yes. I like Alice in Wonderland. Just to put you right for a second. Sorry. Please continue. Ooh, such a know-it-all, isn't he? Well, fine. Well, fine. I'm not going to talk about it. Uh, no, no, please tell us. I just, I love I love that. I love it having a normal, boring life and get tra getting transported into somewhere magical. Because that is, I don't know. I've, I loved it ever since reading His Dark Materials. Uh, well, actually, it was the, yeah, the His Dark Materials, the second one, The Subtle Knife. Mm -hmm. Where you just see that little glimmer in a road or a, under a tree and then goes towards it and then enters this fantasy world. Um, yeah, all the, you know, the line, the witch in the wardrobe, that style. So yeah, that's pretty much what Forspoken starts out as. You're in New York, it's very pretty, it's not quite to the level of, you know, The Division or Spider-Man New York because it's just a small area you're in and you're not in there for very long. And then you get transported to this kind of 
yeah, fantasy world. And it really is fantasy. It's got dragons and settlements, castles, monster, zombie monster type things, and this kind of toxic um, plant or toxic energy that's uh, that's infested the place. And yeah, you get thrown straight into the game with like a big dragon fight. And I'm like, really? Am I fighting the dragon now? Because it's like yep. its health is going down. <laughs> and yeah, I only just survived that fight. Um, I was playing on normal. Uh, only just survived that fight. And it was, yeah, it was... I understand people saying like the story's crap. Because to me, the story at the beginning, oh yeah, no, she's kind of down on her luck. Uh, go from place to place. She's fallen in with the wrong crowd. And then she goes and gets transported to this fantasy world. I like the idea of that. And then it kind of, it falls off a bit because you're, it's very much a go here, go here, go here for the first couple of hours. So this, it's, it's very kind of linear, but the story isn't strong enough to make that linearity worthwhile. Um, I don't mind having kind of some mediocre stories. I love Assassin's Creed games. They're <laughs> quite, they have mediocre stories. But they let you go out and explore, and if you're bored of one little side story or you want to do something else, you can do that. And I'm sure that that will eventually happen. But uh, just right now, I've I think I've just recently been given the whole world as open world now, um, so I might even enjoy it more. But one thing I do like is the combat. I, I the combat and the traversal at the moment feels really cool, really smooth. And as new uh, spells get added and slowly build up my skill tree, um, I'm hoping that I will enjoy it even more. So I haven't played it. It came out, what, yesterday? Mm -hmm. um, so you've been playing it, sort of the release version, um, which I haven't played, but I did play it um, for a preview event um, at the end of last year. Um, which you can go and read the preview if you really want. Mm -hmm. um, but I basically played the section that you did. Um, so I sort of know what you've, what you've played through. And I felt very similarly. Um, it's very handholdy and and linear at the start and i don't think the story is strong enough to carry that um mm -hmm. as you said the, be it the dialogue the story itself the world feels a little bit generic um but i really liked the promise of the game in terms of its combat and in terms of its open world and i think a lot of people played the demo that came out which basically just drops you in the open world and says off you go without any sort of tutorial and people are like well hang on i don't really know what i'm doing like what, yeah. what's the context for this um and i played that demo and actually enjoyed it a lot more because i played the earlier bit so i sort of knew what the context was leading up to that so i think you you need that opening um to explain it but i think it will get better once you're in the open world and you can go and explore um and do things at your own pace so i'm excited to to give it a go yeah um, and i think it's only and, like 20 hours or something which seems perfect yeah, I think yeah. The main story is like fifteen or so. I think. Oh, I'll just, I'll probably just stick to the main story. Yeah, I did like a side thing, which was a. It was weird because it you it was like a bandstand, like an old fashioned thing, and that you then get or like some kind of what was it called, like a round platform area, and it just a takes pagoda. you. Pagoda is it? A pagoda. I have no idea. Maybe, but it sends you. Uh, it sends you into a dungeon, and it's kind of like three rooms where you have to kill all the enemies in the last room, uh, or it might be in the fourth one. Uh, there's a boss, and then you get a treasure. I quite like that. It seemed to be very randomly generated. Um, I don't know how much it is. Probably I don't not. Think they are. No, uh, but they get that. They get that impression. Um, it's giving shrine vibes. Yes, kind of uh, shrine, but there's not really a puzzle. It's just like it gave me kind of Hades vibes. You know, you go to a room, kill some enemies, move to the next one. 
then kill yeah. some enemies, and then there's a boss at the end. But it's was was the boss like a sort of tentacly thing in water? Yes. Yeah, I so thought I did that one in the preview. Okay. Well, the, and she can't swim, hmm. so it's like jumping around platforms, and the controls were not. She can great. swim. I was in the water a bit. Well, she can, <laughs> but not like fighting, and it was a bit annoying. Fifteen hours for eighty euros is outrageous, though. I mean, that's if you mainline the main story. I mean, there's a huge open world there. You can get many more hours out of it if you uh, want to. And, I mean, there's. Pri- I think there is a lot of content. Yeah, I think price with how long a game is is a a topic for another day. Yeah, and and just the I mean the cost of games now, like unfortunately, like eighty euros is now standard, and there are loads of articles out there that yeah. sort of explain why. And I agree, like that's a lot of money for an experience, yeah, um, for a gaming experience. But there are a lot of reasons as to why that is increasing in terms of development costs and just the the sort of economics of money now. Like games are cheaper now, even at that price, than they were years ago because of pricing increases and lots of economic things that I don't understand. I remember getting um, the Christmas or the holiday 1998 PlayStation, official UK PlayStation magazine, reading about Crash Bandicoot. And I think I, I remember reading that Tomb Raider 3 or Tomb Raider 2 was coming out and it was, I think it was Tomb Raider 3, and it was £45. And I'm like, from, thir- from £45 to 60 now, are they? What pounds? Games, yeah. Um, How much are games now? Sixty? Seventy is like top price. Seventy pounds. Well, okay. I mean that is now catching up it's, with inflation, it's I a guess. Lot of money. Inflation, that's the word that I was fishing for. Yeah. Um yeah, it it's I mean it's a lot of money. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely it's a lot of money. Um and I think that's why we're seeing a lot more uh live service games and DLC and things like that, because it's an extra way of recouping money to keep the, the yeah. base cost down. Um, but I think, anyway, that's another. But no, but I also think that that's another reason why some people are getting more extreme with games. Like they don't dislike a game; they they hate it. This game, I mean, this game you've seen on Twitter, people have been talking about for spoken being like atrocious and terrible. And it's like just because you don't want to spend your money on it, you don't need to kind of convince yourself by just saying how bad it is by you know only reacting to certain clips and things from it that aren't. One thing I do, yeah, and I, I, somebody mentioned it in the chat, which I, for some reason I had forgotten about it. The one thing that I'm not a massive fan of um, with Forspoken is like. Like Frey is not a particularly likable character in there. Um, she's just kind of rude to everybody, and the cl- and the cuffs are also kind of rude to her, and they're just kind of rude to each other. And it's like if somebody does like somebody just gave her something, and it was like being really nice, and it would have just been nice of her to say, "Oh, thanks." Like mm. I, it's difficult playing as a character that you don't like, uh, or or a character that wouldn't act anything like you would. Uh, obviously, you know you fighting as characters you play as characters in various games and you know it's taking you out of that but it's like a fantasy setting whereas i don't know to playing a game where you're a rude person and you're rude to strangers it just feels a bit uncomfortable yeah and a lot of stuff with the dialogue is is sort of the snarky comments um and that's the kind of thing that i don't particularly like it's it's very typical of marvel and that's part of the reason i'm not snarky a massive, comments that's i'm the not word, a massive yeah. fan of marvel films because it feels like they're constantly, it's got the technical term is bathos. It's like they're undermining the story with with comedy. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of that in Forspoken. Like, you know, there, there was a clip going around of one of the sorceresses speaking in rhyme and then Frey's like, oh, of course you're speaking in rhyme, lol, lol, lol. And like taking the piss out of it. And it's it's almost as if the writers don't have faith in their own material to just 
go along with it and stick with it. They have to take the piss out of themselves in the process. Mm. And that's what I personally don't like. I'm like, if you're making a fancy world, just go all in. I, d I don't need you to then rip it apart yourself. If I think it's rubbish, I'll do it myself. Like, I don't need you to, to do that in the dialogue. And that's one of the things that has gone round. And I don't think it's like bad dialogue. I just don't like that style of it because yeah. it is a style thing. And for me, I just don't like that particularly. Like, I quite like a snarky person, um, for example, in Immortals Phoenix Rising. I know you don't like that, but there's the two gods that are kind of bitching at each other. Mm. Uh, and I really, I found that hilarious. Because you're, you're playing as just somebody like, yeah, wandering along going like, oh god, I wish these two would shut up or would stop like arguing and, as they're talking to you. So the, there is that like likability with your character that you're playing and those two are quite funny uh, when they're doing it. But this has just kind of been rude for the sake of it. Mm. Um, Snarky comments from chat are totally fine. Oh yeah, um, just <laughs> just not in a game. Yeah, maybe it's just like she's talking to chat. She's like a streamer talking to chat. Yeah, that's that's, that's maybe the whole game is just an analogy for streaming. Or well, somebody did say that the cuffs are just like somebody backseating you. Yeah, throughout the whole game, in game, basically. Yeah, she's gone through a lot. We're told at the start to expect someone to deal with their trauma. Probably at seventeen to eighteen is a lot. Yeah, but I mean, also she she's a video game character. It doesn't have to be uh, mm. just sassy. Not sassy, I'm bitchy. I'm also interested now that the game is out to see more people play it, to see more diverse people play it. Um, I think a lot of the previews and reviews have been done by typical games journalists um, who tend to be straight white men. Well, yeah, I'm a gay white man, so I I will take one of those things sis, off. Thank sis, you, though, yes, I am still cis. That's true. Um, so you know now it's out in the out in in the in the world. Um, I'm really interested to know what a much wider variety of people think mm -hmm. about it. Um, I have seen some reviews written by the black community um, or, or people in the black community, which is great. Um, and I'm very interested to hear more of those views about their thoughts on Frey and the sort of authenticity of the character. So, yeah, because that's kind of been drowned out by by oh this this speech is bad. Oh, this uh, this uh, phrase sounds cringy. That's kind of drowning out the other debates that are happening. Exactly. But I am interested to play more, and I think them. I think there might be a bit of like an opposite backlash now. I think some people will, be, will eventually be saying, "Oh, this is actually a really good game," and I don't know why it got slated. And then you go, "It didn't get slated. It got sevens out of tens. That's not slated." It the reviews um, said the it was discourse will continue. Exactly. The reviews said it was mediocre a lot of people immediately was like this is terrible this is terrible and then everyone's going to realize no it's just mediocre yeah but like it, it is it does at 80 euros i understand a bit more from what Helios is saying in that it's an 80 euros which is the money that you'd expect from like a triple a game and playing this it doesn't really feel like a triple a game um the bit like the dungeon the, square next that i know sorry the, the dungeon <laughs> the dungeon that you get transported to I, I mean, I imagine there are lots of these around. And I think it said that there are. I would, like, every room just felt the same. The boss obviously was different because there was water and that, but I'd like to see how different these are. I mean, there are no, there are no, like, there's no kind of puzzle or challenge to them. It's just here is a room, kill some enemies, then go to the next room. And it was very, very copy and pasted. <sighs> yeah. Hmm. So, yeah. Well, tell us about oh, polishing your ring. Uh, yeah, we'll be quick for this because we haven't got too long. Um, I Fire Emblem Engage, I am about 10 hours in probably now. I've been doing all the side content, all I've been wandering around the home base area because I just love Fire Emblem. 
I prefer Fire Emblem Three Houses right now because I think the story and the characters are more endearing. But this, uh, the more I'm playing, the more I'm growing to like them. Um, and maybe I just need to sit with it for a few out, few days in a row, just playing and playing and playing. But oh my god, the battles are so much fun. They're just you don't need to be that good at it, but you feel like you're a genius as you're playing it. Perfect game for you. Exactly, because it's like oh, well, I need to be prepared. I need to, I need to keep an eye on these people that are approaching. Um, and then you, you prepare them, then the other, yeah, I don't know, it just, the battles are not too difficult, but when you're doing your, it just allows you to complete a battle in so many different ways, with so many, uh, different, very, uh, vari variations mm -hmm. on your classes, and you can just go all brute force in, you're probably going to die a lot, especially, like, I'm playing, so I'm playing quite conservatively because I'm, I've got permadeath on, um, oh. Exactly. So this is stopping me from a. It's stopping me from just going and rushing in, being like, and it's making me think a bit more because I'm like, well, I can't put that person because they're gonna die. And yes, we can easily beat this, like beat this enemy, but I can't have a single person die because I don't because I want them to continue in the story. Um, but also, uh, yes, yeah, so I'm doing that. Plus, it's also making me go and do all the side stuff. And the side stuff is great. Like I did a, a mission yesterday, and I did a side. It was just, it wasn't even a side thing. It just said a training drill. And I went in there and it was in the same area that I'd fought a, a few people before, um, but with different enemies. And that took like nearly over half an hour just for a battle. Nice. So I'm I'm really enjoying um, Fire Emblem Engage. At the moment, it's keeping me very much engaged. Engage. And I've enjoyed polishing my ring. Because uh, that's a there's a ring polishing mini yeah, game. Yeah, that's not a joke. That you can polish rings, and they keep going. Oh, that's really shiny. Oh, that's nice. They're like, yeah, just there. Oh yeah, polish it. Oh, that feels good. Yeah. They make lovely comments. Yeah, it's very amusing to watch you play. Mm -hmm. I agree as well, Helia. Saying yeah, maybe, maybe for Spoken's on sale, I would definitely recommend it. Shall we see what people have been playing? Let's see what... What essays we've got this week from what, people. Exactly. What have The Great Unwashed been playing? The Great Unwashed? How dare you? Don't be mean to the viewers. <laughs> I mean, I stink after the uh, time in, a, in the uh, bear suit. Bernie. Bernie Burn. smells. Yeah, I've been inside a bear today. I bet uh, you have. Right. We're starting with Clues. Clues has played four different games. Wow. Was it three? Three different games. Um, the first is Tainted Grail, the biggest Kickstarter in 2018. Tainted Grail Fall of Avalon began as a Euro-style board game with eight miniatures, a hundred small cards, tokens, markers, boom, 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 boom. Um, it's then been translated into a video game format by the same developer. The game itself is a roguelike deck-building game, not unlike Slay the Spire, just that it has a bit more 3D elements, weird monsters, and janky maps. There are three basic classes to play, Archer, Fighter, or Summoner, but each class has three variations with a twist on the class's core mechanic. Like any good roguelike, the battles can be challenging and death it means unlocking more stuff and starting over again. On the whole, with its three voice actors between a cast of 30 NPCs, wow, uh, it's another game to mindlessly grind while listening to the amazing soundtrack that is very much like um, Heilung, the Germanic experimental band. Heilung! Oh, yeah, throat singing, chanting, bone drums and all that jazz. That sounds uh... very interesting. I've Mon never even heard of this. Money's a fan. Of course. Um, the second game is The Ascent, which I have heard of. Um, I admit I didn't play much of this, but it's gorgeous. It's a cyberpunk Diablo-esque game, complete with the top angle down perspective. In The Ascent, you play as an, as an indentured on a planet, slave to a mega corporation, 
situated within their massive arcology, Hive City. Uh, the graphics of this game is phenomenal, really immersive, uh, really immersing you into a location overdeveloped, overpopulated by species of all kinds, trying their best to survive capitalism. The dialogue, like Cyberpunk 2077, is spot on, natural and yet different enough to remind you this is the far future. The combat, which is most of the game, however, is something I cannot get used to. Uh, oh. uh, it's not easy to aim and shoot from that Di Diablo-esque perspective, much less than to dodge, get to cover, and getting chased by 20-plus hostiles. I definitely will be trying to get into this game, but for now, I get a bit of a headache trying to get out of combat. Um, I have been very um, intrigued by that game. I've been tempted to try it. Mm. I think it was on Game Pass, but I think it's off now. Screenshot, see. Um, yeah, it, it looks like it's quite good. And then the third one is Rogue Lords, another roguelike game, funny that, uh, that is more towards the hero collection gacha mobile games. You are the devil that has been banished and are trying to regain your footing back in the world with your minions. It features a small cast of heroes, Dracula, Headless Horseman, Bloody Mary, each with their set of powers and skills, and you go through combat and encounters that get progressively harder, not unlike AFK Arena. The unique thing of this game, which I really, really like, is you are the devil. You get to cheat, basically. You have a pool of demonic power that you can use to tweak probability, change buffs and debuffs, even adjust enemy hit points. That sounds quite cool. Uh, for instance, if there's a test that is 20% and you want to ace it, you can change it to 100% using demonic power. An enemy casts regen on the creatures and you are out of healing. Yoink! Use demonic power and you now have that regen. That system is really interesting and smart, but otherwise the game story music are middling. Oh, okay. <laughs> that sounds like an interesting mechanic, though. I like it. Hmm. What's Cat been saying? Cat's been playing Fire Emblem Engage, as have you. Um, due to the combat and is it due to the combat and story that Cat's been playing a lot? Possibly. Is it more about making smutty comments about ring polishing? Absolutely. Really enjoying my time with it, and the engage mechanic makes it feel rather fresh. Yeah, I didn't really mention the engage mechanic. So you engage with your ring, uh, well, well with, with like a, a phantom of the ring, um, which is like an old character from an old. Tom of the ring is here inside <laughs> yeah. your ring. So each of your rings uh, will summon somebody from a previous Fire Emblem game and um, they'll kind of work with you, they'll engage with you and give you some extra special strength for a few um, for a few rounds. And you can only do it once per game unless you find certain, like if you leave your character on a specific uh, square, then it can recharge that. Yeah. Nice. Hmm, interesting. Um, Yamano has been playing the Sims 4 expansion, High School Years, because EA is having a big sale on a lot of Sims games. Good. Um, at last. They should, those they those should, packs are pricey. They, sh they, should just have a, they should have a subscription model. Yes, just do it. Come on, EA. Um, I'm someone who has only really done building in Sims 4. I build stuff and leave it at that and never really actually play the households. And this is the most fun I've had in the Sims in ever. The classes are cute. Having your own locker, there's a gym there. You can also build your own school um, or even add on to it. You can follow your sims to the school. Plus, there's an auditorium where different events take place, uh, from prom to career day. Uh, I play with some mods and a ton of custom content. And a mod I recommend with this pack is Fashion Authority. Mm. It lets you set uniforms for things like students and faculty um, so that when they spawn on the lot, you are automatically in the uniform. But it's cute. I love a lot of the build stuff, like furniture, some paint wallpapers, um, that honestly, I kind of want to have in real life. Uh, it's been fun doing up uh, promposals where you ask a sim to prom in a public manner. Oh, sounds risky. Um, and then the after school activities, be it chess club, drama club, only available if you get have the Get Famous pack. I've got that. 
uh, the American football team, cheer team, or even a computer club. I've just been having a massive blast with it, and some of the stuff is just so heckin' cute. And then there are lots of screenshots. Aww. Um, so yeah, very nice. Hmm. I've, I, I am not a Sims player at all, but there's so much content. Yeah, and they said also, as a fellow non-binary person, it's super cool that one of the town sims that is on the cover of the expansion is Asharjo, who is non-binary. Oh, nice. And if you visit their flag, they have a trans flag as well, which is all default. Very good. Uh, Riley got bit by the Minecraft bug uh, and have been making little practice builds in creative mode just to get some of the creative energy out. Nice. Um, Sidious, I haven't been playing much of anything, but I have been enjoying this Apple Arcade game called Illustrated. It's a jigsaw puzzle game with really pretty artistry and music. Each puzzle also has a quote or fact about the artist or scene that is being used in the picture. There are several different categories of puzzles, some Van Gogh, lots of fantasy inspired works and works of art from artists all around the globe. It's very cozy and mindless and relaxing. That sounds great. Mm. Hmm. Um, Mr. Wibble uh, has been playing Endless Dungeon again. Currently in the last playtest phase, it has a pretty big chunk of both solo and co-op play. It's a sci-fi roguelite. Yet another one. Uh, meets tower defense. You assemble a team of two or three shipwrecked heroes and attempt to make your way to the core of a space citadel. To do this, you have a crystal bot, which helps you open zone doors and secure areas. There are timed waves of varied enemies which will attempt to destroy your crystal, but they won't mind destroying you either. The upgrade recipes you find in each run will persist after death, and you can use them to improve your crystal and your hero's behavior and abilities and guns. Soloing with two heroes is doable and great fun, and I lost quite a few hours just doing that. Playing multiplayer makes for great heroic chaos, especially with three heroes. And um, it's coming out in May this year. I've heard so much things, so many things about Endless Dungeon, but I'm not sure if that's just from Wibble or if I've also heard, heard it. I elsewhere. feel like Wibble's talked a lot about it, but that, that's coming with high praise. So there we go. Yeah, I need to watch Wibble play it. Um, and Gemma has a lot of feelings about Cozy Grove. Here we go. Uh-oh. Uh, so, it's cute and mindless, and that's good. I enjoy wandering around and gathering things. However, That is about as far shit. as it goes. Um, however, how slow it has made the story absolutely without soul. It's supposed to be this wonderful story about restoring the memories of spirits, and because it takes so long to make progress, there's just no emotional impact. I suppose if I revisited things I've already learned, it might help, but it's just so methodical and drawn out that it has no more emotional impact than any retrieval quest in any other game. Agreed. It would have the same emotional impact if I was retrieving uh, squares and dropping them off at a geometric shape on the ground. <laughs> it's purely transactional. I find that frustrating and feel the game has missed its mark. It tried to be Animal Crossing meets Spiritfarer, and in the end, it's failed on story, mechanics, and longevity of game. Agreed. I was not a fan. I didn't like it either. Uh, Debs is playing Final Fantasy. That's all. So Debs is fully hooked. Totally agree, Debs. I've been doing a little bit of that as well off stream, just doing some crafting and... Uh, gathering and it's just so chilled. That game is brilliant. And likewise, Westman is playing Destiny 2. Who would have thought? Mm, also, I need to get back into Destiny 2 before the expansion uh, comes out. No. I love how predictable the chat is. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> Shall we very quickly look at the news? Let's look at the headlines um, this week. Um, so, over the weekend, um, Square Enix officially ended or announced that it's ending support for Marvel's Avengers um, with a support officially ending in September. Because it was a bit crap and no one's playing it. I've but Square it. Enix are dropping a lot of their games recently. Yeah, hopefully they're going to all work on Final Fantasy 16 and make that the best thing ever. Fingers crossed. Yes. Fingers crossed. Yeah, West Manager says, I need stability for my mental health, okay? I know. Wow. I'm only wow. joking. I know these things are good for people. I'm very predictable good. as well, to be honest. Um, yeah, no, I mean, are you going to play any Avengers? Because isn't that on Game Pass? I mean, it's a bit too late now. Mm. 
Uh, uh, I'll still be able to play it. I don't think it is. It is on Game Pass, isn't it? I don't remember. Yeah, I think it is. It definitely was. I don't know if it still is. Um, some Sonic news, which is only interesting to me because I think I'm the only Sonic fan here. <sighs> um, but uh, the original designer of Sonic, um, whose name I've forgotten, but if you scroll down. <laughs> me, uh, Naoto Oshima, there we go, um, has been sharing some designs, some pre-Sonic designs on Twitter. Um, and they are of a game that was called um, Twin Stars, which basically was the precursor to Sonic. Um, and it includes uh, twin twin brothers, one of which has spiky blue hair, and it has loop-de-loops in the environment and lots of little nods to what basically became Sonic. Um, so it's just nice to sort of see that process. This was from like 1989. So they were sort of coming up with lots of different ideas that eventually evolved into Sonic. Um, and it's just interesting to see like concept art from from beforehand. So I found that interesting. I doubt anyone else will. But there we go. Yeah, I just need to pull capped up on something. Ben needs to get back into Destiny. So does the player base after being offline for so long. Cap does not know how many people play Destiny still. <laughs> it is incredibly popular, uh, more than ever. Um, I mean, I don't know if it's more than ever, but it's there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people that still play that. Um, Sidious is just asking if I played Sonic Frontiers. Um, I love Sonic games. Sonic was my was my intro to gaming. And was it? Yeah, on the um, on the Master System back in the day. Mm-hmm. And um, we've talked about Forspoken being a sort of fairly average but still fun sort of 7 out of 10 game. That's to me, is what most Sonic games are, and I love them for that. Oh, apparently Destiny was off uh, offline for 18 hours. I had no idea. Yeah. I've, been, I've been balls deep in Final Fantasy and other games. <laughs> Catch up. Um, Only I knew a yeah, website where... You used to actually post, you used to, actually, used to send me things that you were writing and be like, oh, you're interested in this. Now, now you I just expect you to read it. I, I have a busy life. I dress up as bears and oh, update You can check your phone whilst in the bear suit. No, I couldn't. Um, couldn't even wipe the sweat <laughs> off my face. <laughs> so two weeks ago, we were going to play High on Life on Game Pass and do a quick look and we couldn't get it to work properly. And then later on, it turned out that uh, Rick and Morky, Rick and Morty... <laughs> Uh, co-creator um, written, written Marky Justin Roiland who also made High on Life um, was involved in some sexual abuse allegations um, he has now stepped down as the uh, founder of Squanch Games which is the developer that made High on Life um, he's also not going to be in Rick and Morty anymore um, but apparently in Rick and Morty he's only the voice I say only the voice it's an important thing but apparently he didn't really have anything else well, he to voiced, do with that. he voiced both the title characters which is fairly major yeah um and those roles will now be recast hmm. um so adult swim are still going to be showing rick and morty but um, they did it to bayonetta they can do it to rick and morty sure um and high on life is still gonna be on game pass um so people can still play it um but he is stepping down from from the developer so if you want to keep supporting them that is up to you if he's resigned etc etc does he still have shares in it oh probably okay Probably. Um, some news that popped today, but I'm sure we'll see more of it later in the Xbox. Oh, Pat um, says he does most of the writing. I read that he doesn't. Or was it the game that he's not? He's just done the voice of. There's one of the things people were like, oh, the only thing he does is the voice because it's somebody else that does all the writing. I mean, I'm sure it's terrible regardless. Um, something we are probably going to see more if of. If you don't the Xbox. want, if you thought the Persona fans are bad, you wait till the Rick and Marty fans come for you. Hello. Um, something we'll probably see at the Xbox event more of but was announced earlier this afternoon 
is the GoldenEye. Uh, both versions are coming out, I think, on the on the 27th of January. So there are two versions Friday. of GoldenEye that, are, GoldenEye that are coming out. One of them is on the Switch, um, which is part of the Switch Online N64 Classics. Um, and that is kind of the N64 game. And then there is a version coming to Game Pass, which is slightly remastered and has a smoother frame rate and slightly better graphics. But the main difference between them is the Xbox version is local multiplayer only. And um, the Switch version has online multiplayer. So if you want to play online multiplayer, you need to play the Switch version. Um, So we'll probably see more of this from Xbox in a bit. Um, But get the Switch version because um, clearly you want to play online. (laughs) That's the main draw. But it's the classic GoldenEye comeback. And we were thinking we might play some of that on stream. That might be next Wednesday's Quick Look, depending on time and things like that. Yeah. So that'd be fun because I played that like tons when I was a kid. And I I was definitely underage and my grandma bought it for me. Um, And you haven't played it. Uh, I played a little bit at the Friends. I remember going into some kind of lab and shooting things and being amazed that you could shoot plates or something and they would break or... Probably. something. I don't know. I remember just being amazed that I could shoot objects and it would interact with that. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Nice. Well, we'll give that a go. You got a Slack message. I did. See, now I've got... Um, see, now I'm, I use Slack at work. I recognise the you sound. Recognize that. Also, I recognise the sound most of the time when you're working from home. Uh, right. Silence that. Final thing. Um, and the last headline, which also came out this afternoon, is that Twitch have released a new blog post um, from... Scroll down. Uh, <laughs> I've just forgotten the titles. Uh, from Tom Verrilli, who's Chief Product Officer... Uh, and uh, Mike Minton, who is Chief Monetization Officer, um, both of which have been been, been at TwitchCon. Um, and it's a really long blog post that is essentially outlining all of their plans for this year. So it's great that Twitch are being more transparent, which is something they've been criticized for in the past. Um, they're clearly being more transparent about um, changes that they want to make. Um, they are making some changes to advertising to make it more flexible um, and easier for people to control what ads are shown when which is nice um please stop scrolling so i'm trying to read you're so irritating um they're also looking at new ways for streamers to make money um they're launching sound bites which is going to be a first party sound alerts tool where viewers can basically pay to do sound alerts which seems like a bit of a waste of money but sure um they're adding in some new analytics as well so affiliates and partners will have access to create a home um, which will have personalized tips and recommendations of how you can improve your stream. Um, and there'll be more data on tag impressions and the best days to stream and audience retention and lots of other little things that they are um, that they are looking at um, at improving. Right. So, um, so yeah, so go read the blog post for more info on that because there's tons and far too much for us to go through in detail. Um, so, just ask, so we step, we're talking on the stepping down of the WoW, de- <coughs> the WoW designer. I did not bring that up, but yes, that was news from this week um, because they use a really bad method of of giving people salaries that I've forgotten the name of, and it's it's just been very controversial. Yeah, it's like the t- they have to give some, uh, they have to give five percent of their workforce something like a an improve or needs improvement kind of grade, yeah. even when they don't need that. That they need to find five percent that do, which is just beyond ridiculous and. That kind of company needs to, or that kind of policy just needs to fuck off. I think Valve have that. 
and Microsoft also had that years ago and then realized it was controversial, I think stopped it. So it's kind of fairly widely used, but I think they might still be using it. I can't remember all the details. But yes, that is also a big story from this week. How shit would it feel if they put you in your and you knew you were only in like five percent? Like the lowest five percent of your job bracket. That would be just I'd Soul destroying as well. Yeah, that would exactly. Be. Soul destroying. <sighs> anyway, um, so, well, we're going to go and... We have uh, rushed through this. We did it very well. Very but well. we're going to watch Xbox, and that's the real headline for this week, is yeah. what are they going to show after getting rid of half of their workforce and pissing off loads of people? What games do they have to show for it? We oh. are about to find out. Yeah, so if you want to find us uh, on uh, on any of the... Po- or find us on any of your podcasting online... Uh, online- thingamajiggies just go to swappingjoysticks.com all the links are on there you can also check this out on YouTube YouTube um, alongside some quick looks various things uh, Ed Nightingale where can we find you? you can find me on Twitch and Twitter at Ed underscore Knights my Twitter is currently private mm. well, because of all the abuse uh, I'm Biggest Benis on Twitch Biggest Benis 1 on uh, Twitter I'm also Biggest Benis on YouTube and I'm putting up my uh, Final Fantasy 14 playthrough on there go and check it out it's in very good quality and mm. I've switched to PS5 and the, oh my god that game plays amazingly on uh, console with a controller very very well nice alright and uh, so yeah thanks very much and stick if you are around. watching this yeah if you're watching this on stream stick around because we're going to go and uh, watch the Xbox thing which is starting in just a couple of minutes And if you're listening or watching after this time, thanks very much for being here. And we'll see you next time. Keep swapping. Bye.